We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. West Ham United nil, Newcastle United 2 for United's first win in the opening day of a Premier League season since the halcyon days of Pardew's entertainers of sorts in 2012 against Spurs. And you've got Alex Hurst, Norman Rowley, Charlotte Robson and Adam Woodrington to talk to you about what was a fantastic result and a brilliant start of the season for Newcastle United. On today's show, we're going to get into the performance the formation, the brilliant debutants, and much more than that as we talk through one of the, the most positive weeks probably in recent Newcastle United history in terms of matters on the pitch. Charlotte, I'm going to start with you. It's tremendous to talk to you. I hope you're as buzzing as I am. Tell me about your thoughts on winning this game and, and the mood across the fan base after what has been a disastrous six months for the club. <laughs> yeah, it has been disastrous, hasn't it? But let's not focus on that because last night's performance was really positive. Um, it was really like exciting. Like, no bones about it. West Ham are a dreadful side. They weren't very good last night at all. But that didn't even seem to matter. It didn't seem like we were like exploiting a bad side to me it just seemed like we had a team that really like knew where each other were going to be there's some cohesion at the front there was positive football there was attacking football which is something we've been absolutely dying for in the past sort of you know two three seasons even um some some real some real attacking threat and uh, and it looks like we've got that you know um we sort of kept West Ham completely under control. I don't think they're a very cohesive team at the moment anyway. I don't think they're sort of, I don't think the manager has them on side particularly. But um, but yeah, I just, I was just sort of astonished within the first 20 minutes. I was sort of like, this is, this is quite good. I'm quite enjoying this. I'm really, this might be okay. Um, it was there for the taking and we did take it. So I'm, I'm very happy. And I think the mood across the fan base is relatively uh, similar to, to that. I think everybody's pretty happy. I mean, if you look at the table, uh, we're second actually in the in the Premier League right now, which is where I expect us to stay. Um, but uh, yes, all over sort of Twitter and socials and stuff like that, I think um, uh, people are sort of pleasantly surprised and particularly happy with that, with how the signings, how our new signings have kind of bedded in to our team, which I'm sure we will discuss a bit later. We certainly will. And I absolutely share that, you know, kind of euphoric feeling about just seeing us approach a Premier League game with a plan, 
with players in the right positions, players doing the right things, and, and overall just, and we'll get into it, just thoroughly deserving to win a Premier League game. And I think, Norman, maybe you at the end of the show will, will touch on some, some context of the results. But just to, just to kind of agree with what Charlotte had, I didn't think West Ham were up too much, but I've been watching Newcastle United go to Premier League teams my whole life and those teams not being up too much and turn them over still quite convincingly. So I'm absolutely fine with the fact that West Ham were shite. More of that, please, from the other teams. Um, <laughs> Adam, we'll have to, I think I think any conversation about this game at the start of the season, much as it has been pre-game, has to centre around these these signings, which have really kind of electrified a lot of fans and, and really brought us into this one with a positive feeling because of the signings, the profile of them, um, what they mean for the transfer policy potentially at the club. And I know you really wanted to concentrate on uh, on two of them in particular, so why don't you take it away? I just thought, you know, to have, finally, to have that, that spearhead in Callum Wilson, it, he looked like he'd been playing at Newcastle for a couple of a couple of seasons already. He just slotted straight in. And suddenly, you know, last season, teams could look at us and look at the fact that we've lined up with Joe Linton. Gale can be a canny operator sometimes, but again, you'd fancy that most defences would at least know what he's about and at least be able to try and nullify that. Callum Wilson is a step above that, and Callum Wilson is a real goal threat that defences are going to have to address and to quell and to to try and shut out because we've suddenly got somebody who can finish, has the instinct, can get away from his marker and is mobile as well. Like he's he's an intelligent striker and he re, he seems and you know you, you saw him in the in the post match interview as well. He seems really really determined to make a success of himself here. He really wants to prove to himself that he's not an eight goal a season striker like he managed like the season before and a couple of seasons ago he wants to be closer to that 14 15 goal striker that he was two seasons ago and you know the fa- the very fact that he was disappointed not to get more <laughs> um it just t- it tells you everything you need to know about his attitude and his ambition in a black and white shirt and it's it's fantastic and you know he's a he's a he's a proper number 9 in, in everything but squad number he he's a proper spearhead to our attack finally you know we have got a couple of creative players even when one of them's on the bench but i really really thought he just gave us something extra um looking at um and the other, the other person i want to talk about was jamal lewis who i was so impressed with you know i was really excited by the fact that we signed him and what that you know what that kind of meant for for our transfer strategy moving forward but to get you know a proper left-sided, exciting left back who likes to maraud forward, it's just really exciting. There was already kind of chemistry between him and Alain Saint-Maximin, and you know he managed to find Callum Wilson with a couple of crosses as well. You know, in fact, Jamal Lewis is our second highest chance creator yesterday, behind John Joe Shelby from left back. So that 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 says loads. That really does says a lot about the kind of player he is. But even putting aside his his prowess going forward in the, in the final third and what he can bring to an attack. He, when Every time I saw Jamal Lewis, I, I purposely kind of didn't watch the ball sometimes and I wanted to watch what he was doing. He was sprinting back into position, getting goal side of his man, following his runner. He was very, very aware of the situation around him and his positional uh, sense. And 
I thought that was really impressive for the age that he is, and it bodes well. Like his concentration was clear to see, and that that's important for a fullback who likes to bomb forward because we've, you know, there's plenty of them in the Premier League. You know, fullbacks who like who are excellent going forward, but maybe aren't so good at actually what this what their day job's supposed to be, if you will, in defending and you know being solid at the back. And I was I was just really impressed with him. His energy to get up and down was just excellent to see. And I think we've got a lot more to come from the pair of them. They both looked excellent. Loved seeing them. Callum Wilson, I thought, was absolutely superb. Gave a complete number nine display. And I think Alan Shearer raised a really interesting point on match of the day. I don't know if anyone on this podcast saw saw match of the day and, and listened to what Shearer said, but he highlighted a couple of runs out wide that Wilson had made. He got the ball out wide and, you know, he kind of looked to cut across and cut it, cut it across back across the box and there wasn't anyone there. Um, and that's something that the players will have to get used to. The players are going to have to get used to having an actual centre forward who does that. So, you know, last season, you think if the ball goes out to Julian and even if he finds himself in that position out wide, nothing's going to happen. And I think a lot of the players just kind of gave up with him as the, as the supposed focal point aside. Whereas with Wilson, it's almost a, a case of remembering that, oh, actually, he has a centre forward who, who is not only going to just be the kind of fox in the box, but is going to create chances. And you've got, obviously, the speed of players like Maximan and Army Ron. They can, they can look to, to kind of make those late runs and, uh, and expect something to, to happen because we've got a, a centre forward who works left to right and who has excellent movement. So just, yeah, incredibly encouraging performance. Totally agree with, with all points made there. I think uh, just to echo what you said, Norman, the, the runs Wilson makes. Number one, it's much harder to defend against as the opponent, and number two, the, the, the sheer amount of space that is created by moving centre backs out of position, by dragging centre midfield players back to track runs or help with runs or, or, or track runners, it really allows the team to like drag themselves up the pitch a lot more. And you saw that with a couple of John Joe's balls through Wilson, like the whole team. Can can then get up and support, and, and the fact that Wilson as well put in, like you say, two fantastic balls into the box. It's not just the runs; it's the fact that he had the end product to follow it up is really, really promising. And I think we'll get onto it a little bit later. And Adam's going to talk about Amira and stuff like that, but it really does bode well that we're not just relying on St. Maximum picking the ball up and driving forward forty to fifty yards and getting fouls to, to move up the pitch quickly. And that was one of the, the reasons last season we struggled to create chances because. When we did get the ball, it was inevitably in our, in our half and given away cheaply, Adam. I think what was most impressive about his movement, Wilson, was those darts to the near post. Now, West Ham, in fairness, did have a couple of warning signs in the first half with a couple of Jamal Lewis crosses, I believe. You know, there was a header and there was a, you know, he managed to get a toe, Wilson, to another Jamal Lewis cross from that left hand side. And obviously, the opening goal came from the other side, the other fullback from Manquillo's cross. And obviously flick on from Hendrick. And that was another near post. So, it, the, 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 yes, West Ham's defence has been in disarray. We, we, we were very aware of that. But you still got to make a count. We didn't get as many shots on target as we would have liked to, I, I feel, in, in well, across the whole game, not just the first half. But there were signs there that Wilson particularly liked to lose his man and get in and into that near post. And, it, and it, you know, we reap the benefits from that um, in the second half. Yeah, I just wanted to sort of um, build on that very slightly. We didn't have as many shots on target as we would have liked to or would have liked to seen. But I think, you know, for the first game of the season, 
um, with these new players coming in, just just to kind of um, be super positive again. I, I think it was such such a promising um, game. Like it, it, if if we can, you know, avoid injury and and go from strength to strength um the way that we the way that we've started i just think it's 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 it makes me excited about the season exactly excited about this season that we are who would have thought this <laughs> a few weeks ago you know let let's let's give a little bit of credit here to steve bruce and we're going to talk tactics in a bit but this is this is a, a team yesterday with lads who've hardly trained together definitely haven't played together and, and and we looked we looked like a compact unit where everyone knew their role and everyone knew their job, and and there was a almost an authority about the performance, and it was a kind of performance that you know in a, in a different universe if if we'd have lost that game, I'm much more comfortable going into games where everyone's playing the right position, everyone knows what they're doing, and we're getting men ahead of the ball into the box. And Norman, I'll I'll touch on it a little bit once you've had your say here, but I think. You know, we we ran a poll. I ran a poll last night at RTFNUFC, our Twitter um, account. Who was the most impressive debutant, Wilson, Lewis, or Hendrick? And Hendrick stole the show with a massive forty-two percent of the vote. Uh, so why didn't you talk to to us a little bit about Hendrick and and how you think maybe the manager was vindicated by his inclusion on the right hand side? Hendrick is the signing that has gone under the radar. Um, he was signed a good couple of weeks before the others and he's on a free transfer and he's from Burnley and it's not, he's not the kind of player you get excited about. Ryan Fraser, he'll excite the crowd. Callum Wilson, he'll excite the crowd. Jamal Lewis, he'll do that as well. Henrik isn't that type of player, but what he is, is an extremely experienced Premier League player who's come through the ranks in the Championship. He's a Republic of Ireland international. He's played many times at that level. He knows the game inside out and his experience, his stamina and his drive were absolutely superb um, against West Ham. The fact that he was put out on the right when we first saw the lineup, obviously, I think people were trying to work out exactly what the formation was. And I thought, I'm sure that a Derby Henrik player on the right hand side, and what, what it looks to me like he's done is, is he's put Henrik on the right to try and counter the um, speed of four nulls and also obviously Cresswell is a player who likes to get forward and, and Mikel Antonio tends to drift even though he's playing centre-off he does tend to drift out left and right so I could see the logic in it and also if you kind of counter that with the Jamal Lewis and um, Alan San Maximan left-hand side which is an incredibly attacking left-hand side the pitch it was almost a case of I was looking at it thinking well this balances it out I can I can see what he's doing here um, but I must say I never expected the performance from Henrik Sapp. I, I thought it would be a very workmanlike performance. He would snuff out the threat of four nails. He would combine well with Mankiewicz to do that. He would keep them really quiet on the left-hand side. Not only did they do that, but they actually proved to be a really, really good attacking outlet. And that header for the goal that Henrik um, came in at the near post and got was, was just an absolutely superb piece of skill. There's no two ways about it. And what his inclusion also did, as we saw, was he allowed Mankiewicz to get forward. He, he really opened up Mankiewicz's game and Mankiewicz showed bursts of pace that, to be honest, I didn't even know that he had. The way that Mankiewicz skipped around four nulls for that cross that Henrik then flicked on was, was superb and I didn't necessarily know he had that in his locker and I think the inclusion of, of Henrik in front of him, it, it opened that, that side of his game up and obviously we saw the goal as well. You know, this, this late stage of the game where we break out of defence, Amiron's just come on fresh legs, he bombs down the pitch and for Henrik to kind of make up that ground, get in the position that he did and to produce that finish was fantastic and, and I think Henrik, out of all of them, could be 
let, let's just say the most consistent performer over the course of the season. By that, I mean he's the kind of player who's going to get maybe seven out of ten virtually every week, and that's the kind of player that we've been crying out for for years, I think. Totally agree. I think you make a great point, Norman, about the, the impact of Mankiw in the second half. And one of the things I noted and have noted since by watching the highlights about 35,000 times in the <laughs> 15 hours since the game is that every, you know, you know um, the chances Adam was talking about before in terms of Wilson's chances, uh, both crosses from Lewis and the uh, one where Wilson picks up the ball out wide, drives into the box and has a shot. On all three occasions, Jeff Hendricks in the box. He's in the box. He's almost playing like a centre forward. He's come in, and that that experience, that's like big game experience. He knows that when Wilson goes out wide, he's got to get into the box. And the fact that we had consistently had Carroll, Wilson, and Hendrick in the box last night was just it was just miles away from what we watched last season. And then then of course it, it pays off. Uh, twofold with the first goal. Number one, because every time Hendrick, who is a central player, even though he's playing on the right, he wants to play out wide. Every time he comes inside, it brings a man in. And that created that space for Mankio to get one-on-one last night. And you think Mankio is going to be our number one right back. I think DeAndre Yedlin, if he still has a future at the club, will would massively benefit from that kind of space. You know, getting one-on-one with a, a winger, um, you, you, you'd back your fullback more times than not to at least get across. And I know Mankio's cross was deflected but ultimately it was a really good bit of work and it was a really good really good ball in the box um so that was the the first thing he, you know he gets that flick and then of course right at the end of the game whereas Hendrik again he's in the penalty area and he gets the goal and again to credit the manager that that's a pretty quick turnaround in a very short space of time to to go from this kind of um isolated figure up front last season in, in Joe Linton and then Dwight Gale at times and Carol others to consistently having three with another one arriving in the box, it's just so much harder to defend against. So much harder to defend against. And when you've got Isaac Payton playing as well as he did, winning the ball in midfield, making key tackles, it's very it was very hard for West Ham to do anything through the middle of the pitch. And that's why, you know, me and Mom, we were talking on WhatsApp last night during the game. It was just kind of a classic Moyes set pieces, balls in the box. That was it. There was no ingenuity about it. There was there was nothing that our lads had to worry about too much. There was nothing really in behind the centre-backs because we forced West Ham to play in the flanks. We forced Antonio to go out wide and it was a really, really, really good, solid tactical performance. Adam? Yeah, I just want to you know follow on from what you're saying about Jeff Hendrick. You know, I'd noticed in the first half how often he was getting in the box and trying to challenge you know, for aerial, you know, battles. And, and I, I tweeted it at half time. And then obviously, you know, the, the goal came from a Jeff Hendrick header inside the box because he was getting forward so much. And he's a big guy, isn't he? He's a really, really big lad. And that's going to cause so many problems. And, you know, this just the very fact that we've suddenly got a better centre forward, but then we've got better support for that centre forward. I, I found that Jeff Hendrick, obviously, he's a very, very different kind of wide player to... Sam Axelman, for example, and I felt there was we were maybe a little bit lopsided there, but I re- I understood why Bruce might have been doing that with regards to we're playing away from home. He wanted to keep it tight. Hendrick's a bit more dependable. Will take less, you know, fewer risks. But I thought I thought Jeff Hendrick seemed a really intelligent player. I kind of, you know, doing the doing the transfer show for our patrons, we, we you know talked about Jeff Hendrick, and you know it, it was more about we feel he's probably going to be a, you know a. a a hell of a grafter, you know, he's going to work really hard. We absolutely saw that. 
he was tactically very superb, but I just thought it was his in his intelligence um, and he was just quite dependable. And, and let's not forget he was involved twice in that build-up for the first goal because um, he set Mankio away originally um, and, and then managed to get the legs to get into the box as well to meet to meet his cross. So I think um, he was he was really really impressive for me and um, quite a surprise. I, I think we all questioned why why he was on the right wing and what he was doing on the right wing but fair play he's he's put in a really really good performance yeah well said norman you know keen to get your thoughts again and maybe come back to adam you know 442 was uh was something that i don't think many expected whatsoever uh, even though I, I put a tweet out on friday night saying you should play with two strikers and, and loads of people said we'll never do that <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh you know your thoughts on 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 four four two? I know you you were very pleasantly surprised, Norman, by Carroll's inclusion. I don't know if I was surprised by his inclusion. Uh, sorry, pleasantly surprised by his inclusion. I questioned it immediately. I was like, Carroll up front starting alongside Wilson. This is a this is an odd one. Um, but Carroll looked sharp and determined and focused and keen. And you have to look at when I don't know if anyone noticed, but when the players were coming out on the pitch, Carroll was chatting with. San Maximan, and there was just something about his body language that looked positive. He looked fit. This is a player who looks like he's had, you know, albeit a small preseason, but at least he's had a he's had a preseason. He's been playing in games. He looked sharper than other players on the pitch, which we haven't been able to say that about Andy Carroll for a long time because of his his injuries. And obviously, when he's got someone up from with him like Wilson who can do a lot of the running, it does allow him to do the the work that he can do, which is just win a lot of the ball in the air, be a, a nuisance, be a handball, kind of what we. We wanted him to be when Bruce brought him back. We thought, well, if he's bringing Carroll back, he brings him off the bench, he can cause problems. Um, and, and that's what he did. West Ham really struggled to to kind of contain him, although there is an argument that he should have been sent off within 15 seconds. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, the, the, fact that, the fact that he managed to get a full game under his belt as well and not look absolutely done at the end of it, it really bodes well. Now, we do know that he's got a... An injury record, anything could happen. You know, we, next week it wouldn't surprise if it was announced that he was out for two months. But whilst he's got this level of focus, I think we can get a really good tune out of him, and, and that should. And you, you also have to look at the the reaction to the goals. Carroll is clearly a big presence in the dressing room and on the pitch. You look at, I think when both goals were scored, I, I'm pretty certain that both players who scored ran to Carroll first. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that on TV, and that to me. It, well, that suggests to me that he's he's an important, you know, player in the squad in terms of getting people bonding. And when we when we scored when we scored the first goal as well, he turned around and shouted at Jeff Hendricks something along the lines of that header, Jeff. That header was absolutely effing brilliant. And I like to see that. I like to see this kind of cohesion and this um this spirit on the pitch. And I think Carroll yesterday his performance kind of epitomised that without trying to wax too much lyrical. I just I was very very surprised and very you know very happy to be surprised. Yeah, I'm the same as you, Norman. I think um, I was very surprised. I mean, you know, you, you look at the sort of pre-game chat on on Twitter or on Athletic or whatever, whatever, um, and lots of people like, yeah, Carol do 60 minutes, Carol do 65 minutes, like just like he always does. But he did have such a good preseason, and and he he just looked so fit yesterday. Um, in you know, it, and 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 you're so right that he has this commanding presence. I was very skeptical about his um, re-signing for another year or so. Um, at the end of last season, I was sort of like, mm, I, I, he hasn't been the the he hasn't had the impact that I thought he was going to have or hoped he would have last season. But um, 
but it, you're absolutely right. It does seem like he's got the dressing room on his side, and and he's and he's a massive cheerleader for all the other players. So I think I think having him on the squad is a great thing. He was, he was great last night. Yes, I just want to add quickly that I'm always going to be a little bit um, kind of not in awe of Andy Carroll, but I'm always going to want it to work for him because. You know, yeah. he's the bench in Ponytail. He's from Gated, where I'm from. And um, I'll always have a massive soft, soft spot for him. So if he can get through a full season and produce performances like he did yesterday, you know, even sort of 10, 11 times across the course of the season, then then that for me will be a success and it'll justify the um, the year's extension to his contract. Totally agree. That does it now for part one of the show. After this very quick message, we will be right back. Hello, it's Charlotte from the True Faith Podcast. You can catch me and sometimes special guests and sometimes not so special guests live each Friday night on the True Faith YouTube channel answering your questions. Charlotte, thanks for that message. I'm going to come see <laughs> you as well. It's a double Charlotte for oh, wow. the fans. Alan St. Maximan, Charlotte, got kicked <laughs> to by West Ham and David Moyes. Um you weren't very happy about that. Why? No, because I want to wrap Alan San Maximan in bubble wrap and just look after him and make sure that he's okay because he's such an integral part of our side, the speed, the skill that he has, the sort of raw talent and, and uh, I don't know, just like um, playfulness and fun that he brings to our side. But also, uh, I mean, the start of Project Restart last season, he was just incredible and and you know look to be our most dangerous player on the pitch um I think um I think that that started towards the end of last season you could see that starting to um people our opposition team starting to cotton onto that he usually had two men on him as soon as he as soon as he got the ball um and uh it, and and it and it became incre- we got increasingly squeezed as we as we were playing but um Last night, the it wasn't just like keep two men on him. It was like kick him in, like do do as much damage as you can. That seemed to be the the tactics that David Moyes had employed. Um, you know, I, I wrote on Twitter last night. I feel very sorry for ASM. He's getting absolutely battered. Um, inexplicably, like hardly any um sanctions against West Ham for some pretty horrible tackles on him. Um, I think they got a uh, yellow, like quite after quite a few, I think he, he was fouled about eight times by the time he came off, um, which is just insane. Um, I can appreciate that, um, that, you know, you can identify him as one of our, one of our key players in, in, in creating chances and, and want to sort of shut him down. But I think, you know, show a bit more skill about it, West Ham. But um I I was thinking about it from the perspective of the season. I think we'll see a lot of that, to be honest. Maybe not not as aggressive, but I think uh, most of our opposition will have um, noticed that uh, when Alan St. Maximan gets the ball, the ball goes straight up the pitch. Um, and I think we'll see a lot of um, our opposition defence um, focusing on him. However, you know, that was a real concern. It is a concern still. It's something that um, we're going to have to um, work harder to protect him from. But, um, you know, having seen the performance last night and, and seen a little bit more dynamism in the squad and, and this sort of re- rejuvenated squad and, and, um, and our new signings especially, I feel like 
is not our only sort of threat now. If you know, we you could see um, you could see how teams might not have considered Joe Linton um, with sort of marking as much, but Callum Wilson, you absolutely definitely have to, and and um, and uh, Jeff Hendrick as well. So I, I I'm not as concerned that he's just going to be crowded out. Um, as much, I, I think. I think West Ham are, are a terrible side, and 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 that was their main tactic yesterday. But um, uh, it's it's something that we do have to think about, and um, and hope that the referee notices in our next couple of games. It's funny, wasn't it? Because um, Fredericks, I thought, got away with a really nasty one in the first half, where it was completely from behind, totally kicked his ankle, was was not sanctioned for it. And I think it was shortly yeah. after Hayden had got a yellow card as well, which I thought was crazy um and, and Fredericks actually got booked in the second half for what I didn't think was a foul at all I mean I think he had it coming and I think it was glad but yeah I, I totally agree Charlotte we, we're going to need more protection for these players but actually it's a good thing you know the, the, the likes of Sam Maximan he's had a year under his belt in England we've got Fraser to come in we've got Almond to come in Wilson as well all of these four players will like to get or try and get touches in the box and drive at people and we've the fact that we've got more people to, you know, we, we, as a team, we, we, we rarely get penalties because we rarely have people tricky enough to get it at the box, to be fouled in the box. And now you'd like to think with the likes of Fraser, once he's, once he's coming in and Sam Maximan, once he's, you know, he, his confidence just con- continues to grow and he continues to develop in the English game. We're going to get more opportunities like that. And we're going to get, you know, they can kick us up a height all day long because other, other referees will just send people off. And it's just it's it's an advantage, so we kind of need to take it as a, perhaps a bit of a, um, a, you know, kind of a good sign, really, that you know we have players that that teams are that worried about. The key battle for me, one of the key battles for me, was in the centre of the park. So if you remember, a couple of years ago, we played West Ham away after Amiron side with beat Huddersfield two 0 beat Burnley two 0 with some fantastic performances. Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden were really hitting that stride as a midfield pairing, and we went to. Um, the London Stadium, and Rice and Noble in the first half. Um, Noble scored a penalty. Rice scored, I think, a header after about seven minutes. That absolutely obliterated Longstaff and Hayden in that first half. Longstaff obviously went off injured at half-time, but there were no way, and that's where the key battle was. And yesterday, Hayden absolutely dominated Rice and Noble to the extent, obviously, Noble got taken off, um, the, the team's captain. And Rice, at one point, I, I forgot he was on the pitch. I thought Hayden was, was absolutely magnificent. And not only was he brilliant, his discipline was incredible because you think he got booked so early on, yet he's still having to play that role that he plays, which is screening the defence, putting in the tackles, doing the dirty work, doing the water carrying. He had to do all of that on a yellow card, and he did it. And I, and I thought that was the sign of extreme maturity. Hayden's always given the impression of being a player who's mature, even when he, during the championship season, when he was, what, 21, 22? I think, Alex, you and I spoke about him as a, a future potential captain, given his, his leadership qualities at such a young age, but he's 25, 26 now, and you can tell that yesterday was a, a fantastic performance, and you, you contrast his discipline yesterday with his discipline last season against Leicester, or the season before against Cardiff, when he just lost his head, when his head obviously wasn't in a good place, and the fact that he's signed this new contract as well, I've got really big hopes about Hayden. If, if you think that Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice have both been selected for England and you look at them as players and you put them up against Isaac Hayden, I don't think right now there's actually that much difference. Um, and also, Shelby, initially, I thought, oh, he's coming too deep. In fact, again, I think I messaged you, Alex, saying he's coming too deep, he's coming too deep. And then all of a sudden, Shelby's just 
box to box. His fitness levels were, were through the roof. And that for me was a key battleground and we, we clearly won it. Yes, we did. Um, many good points made there. And, and one of the, the, the real positive things, if there is a positive, one of your players getting absolutely targeted by the opponent is is that it creates space. And that's the thing about St. Maximan. He creates space for, for other players. So in the first half, everything was down our left. Everything uh, through you know, th- through the left back and, and, and the winger. In the second half, because West Ham was so worried about the success Lewis and St. Maximan have been having, it just freed up all that space for Mankio. And, and in the second half, we were far more. I imagine that was partly through through the coaching staff and the manager as well saying, listen, you don't always have to go down the left. you know. And, it, and it's great that the only way that they feel they can stop a player like Alan St. Maximan is, is by fouling him. But let, let's use the whole pitch. And I think we did that. And that was another very impressive part of yesterday's performance for me. And Charlotte, I think you made a great point there about St. Maximan and how good he is normally and how much better he, he has been in, in a lot of the games and his teammates. I find it very impressive that we managed to win yesterday away from home, particularly without one of Alan St. Maximan and Martin de Grafka having, having superior games to all of their teammates. It was positive performances across the pitch. It wasn't just one or two standout performances or three or four. It was a real team effort, Norman. Absolutely, it was a team effort and it's the understated performance as well. Look, put it in context... West Ham were awful, and I don't think it took any sort of great granular tactics to win that game yesterday. But the basic setup that Bruce put out, the substitutions that he made, and I was screaming at one point for Fraser to come on, and he didn't bring him on. And I was thinking, what's happening here? We need to get these, we need to get a couple of players off and get a couple of players on. And you know what? He got his substitutions completely bang on. Um, and other understated performances, I think you look at Fernandez and Lascelles. West Ham didn't create much, but Mikel Antonio is a really, really good player and a real handful, and he was very, very quiet. Um, leadership coming out the back, and I look at the Spain at that side, and as I say, yes, okay, West Ham weren't good, but irrespective of that, you can only do your job, and all those players, I think, did that job yesterday, and there's really, you know, you add Henrik to Fernandez and Lascelles, there's real leadership in that side, and you saw that yesterday, it was a really mature and clinical performance, in my opinion. Alex here from the True Faith Podcast. Really quick message just to say if you like this show, you can catch four to five extra of these each week uh, on our Patreon platform. Uh, we are joined this season, delighted to say once again by Keith Gillespie, giving us the pro view for patrons, and also starting next week, Andy Griffin has joined the True Faith Podcast to give you uh, exclusive opinions about the Newcastle game that's just happened. So head to patreon.com slash Podcast. And join us there. Back to the show. Right, end of the show, and I want to want to end on some kind of broader stuff, and might ask you guys a few questions. But one one of the best things about yesterday, apart from the fantastic win, and was was it second in the league at the time of recording, um, is the fact that we, for a long for the first time in a long long time, have some real squad depth there. So Miguel Almiron, in my opinion, one of our best players, doesn't get up, you know, doesn't get a start. You've got, like Norman just said before that ad there, Ryan Fraser doesn't get on. And that's that's really positive that we've managed to win a game, you know, without relying on those players, without relying on heroics from the goalkeeper, like I referenced before. You know, you've, you've got players, and I appreciate he, he hasn't yet hit the heights he would like to in his Newcastle career, but he always does very well on loan. Jacob Murphy, 
another option for one of those wide positions. You know, Matty Longstaff didn't get involved. Sean Longstaff can come in. There is real kind of strength and depth. I appreciate we've got injuries um, at centre-back and it would be nice to have another striker possibly. Um, maybe on loan to cover for Wilson and, and, and maybe someone else at right-back. But I just think we, you know, we've gone from the absolute horror show at the end of last season playing full-backs at centre-back and midfield, centre-backs in midfield and it was just a complete mess you know, you've you've got some really good players who we know can compete in the Premier League, not in that starting lineup or on the bench yesterday. I'm talking about Kieran Clark, Paul Dummett as well. So that was really positive um for me. And you know, Steve Bruce and David Moyes said after the game that they both said it wasn't a classic, it wasn't a good game. I disagree. I, I really enjoyed watching that. It might have been because of the eight points I'd had by this point. <laughs> but after the game really enjoyable. There was something like thirty-three attempts on goal. Across the whole thing, not not good attempts in the main, but attempts. And you know, Charlotte, I think you touched it earlier in the show. It would have been nice to test their goalkeeper more. But a lot of the chances that were had, the positions that were got into, you think when the players train more together, when they play more together, they'll come off. You know, we'll test the goalkeeper more. Or we'll score more goals. It's not just going into games thinking if we get one goal, we might win because we can keep them out through you know sheer bloody mindedness in in, in defence. So. Real positives there. Adam, you know, you referenced to me in your notes before the game that you were a little bit concerned about Miguel Amira not playing. Um, are you still concerned about that? You know, one real positive from him was that he came in from the bench and immediately made an impact. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever whatever we think, Bruce got it bang on yesterday. So it, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and say that he should have been playing because we got the result that we needed without him. And obviously when he came on, he had an immediate impact and got an assist. However, in the long term, I hope that what this means is that that four four two becomes an option rather than this is it. Because I think if if he's gonna if Steve Bruce is gonna adopt a proper four four two for the for the season, you think, well, where does a player like Almiron fit in? And I, I don't think that's gonna be the case because I think Almiron's too important and I think Bruce definitely knows that I think this is just a case of maybe hopefully us having a bit more tactical flexibility when we're maybe away from home and we need a different shape versus when we are at home and we can maybe take a bit more of a risk now feasibly Andy Carroll isn't going to be able to start every single Premier League game he's not going to be able to give us 90 minutes every single game so maybe there's a maybe there's a situation that we play a 4-4-2 where we're not necessarily lumping it up to Andy Carroll, which we did a lot of in the first half. And in fairness, we still use the wings as well. So maybe we'd use the wings more and play out and you know pass it around a bit. But I think that there I don't think Almiron is as effective when he's on a you know in a wide berth. I think he's better driving from central, even even slightly deeper. But maybe if there's a situation, you know, we tried to play him off Joe Linton last season in a kind of Front two, um, albeit Almiron was a bit, a, a bit more, uh, you know, a bit slightly deeper. But maybe with with Callum Wilson, what you've got is a proper striker who knows what to do, and that might be an interesting pairing when we're sort of feeling a bit more confident. We want to be on the front foot a lot more, and you know, certainly at home against, say, Brighton, for example. You know. I, I, Personally, I don't think Bruce will change too much going into that because he's got good momentum from this team. But like you say, we've got loads of squad squad depth now. I'd like to think that Bruce is going to trust in that squad depth a lot more and that will prevent injuries and make the conditioning a lot better. But 
I, 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 I'm not against a four four two, but I, I, I don't want to see Almiron not getting his game either because I think, as you say, he's he's one of our best players and he's also a confidence player as well. And you kick him out the side long enough, we might lose what he'd started to to gain last season. Yeah, I think um, I would be. Um, unpleasantly surprised if we just sort of was like, oh, right, well, that worked. It's 4-4-2 for the rest of the season. Because I think you've got to look at, and I ho- would hope that all of the Steves would be looking at um, our opposition, right? And 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 using the squad depth that we've got now to to sort of um, to think, to put together the best um, the best tactical side. I, I don't know. I'm I, I, I'm I'm trying to place a bit more faith in Steve Bruce and his army of Steves to um to sort of read read the future fixtures and 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 be a little bit more dynamic with how he sets up but um but yes I agree I think um I think it would be a shame if if it meant Almiron wasn't getting game time and the confidence point is a really good one Well said Norman to finish off you know we are all buzzing, we're all excited. Um, can you drag us all back down to Worth by trying to contextualize this result? <laughs> Thanks. Um, right. I guess we're going to look at it in context with West Ham did hit the woodwork twice at nil-nil. You know, one of those chances goes in. It's a different story, but hey, that's football. You miss your chances, you get punished. Um, they were absolutely abject. And I don't just mean how they're performing on the pitch. Everything about them was off. You saw their body language when they were coming on the pitch. And it noble. The club captain, who's obviously had a testing week in terms of that tweet that he put out, he looked dejected as he was coming onto the pitch. Um, they, they were just awful, and Moyes is really, he's got a tough job on his hands in. I don't think he's the man to, to keep them up. I think West Ham are very likely to finish in the bottom three this season. Um, if not, they'll, they'll scrape it, staying up by fourth bottom. Um, the formation was miserable. They were terrible in possession. And... Brighton will not be as bad as that. Brighton will have a lot more of the ball and they're likely to create a couple of clear-cut chances. I think it'll be a tougher test. So, yes, it was a great win, but the opposition were there for the taking. However, however, irrespective of all that, you know, I'm going to get excited about the next match because I was excited before this match. The signings really kind of gave me a lift. The performance has given me a lift. I'm really looking forward to the to the Blackburn match even. Um, but the Brighton match in particular. And, you know, if you, if you can't get excited um, and have mad thoughts after your team's won its opening game of the season, like, when can you? You know, this it's, it, it's, it might be misplaced, the optimism, but so what? I'm going to really enjoy it. I really enjoyed the game yesterday. I enjoyed the performance. I enjoyed the individual performances. And Bruce got it bang on. So, you know what? Let's let's just take that for now and, and see where next week brings us. Totally agree. And, and what an opportunity Bruce, the players, the coach and staff, everyone has this week to, to get us off to a flyer. Beat Blackburn, and we've got a League Two side in the next round of the Cup. And you're a, you're a game away from a quarterfinal, uh, presuming you beat, beat them. And then, you know, Brighton at home after that, it's, uh, it's it won't be easy, but it's a game that, based on yesterday's evidence, that we should be capable of uh, going into with a lot of confidence. So I think that finishes the show for today. Thanks to you three, Norman, Charlotte and Adam, for your time. Thanks all of you listeners for listening. We really appreciate it. This show will be out all being well every single Sunday at 7pm. So we look forward to chatting to you next Sunday, hopefully, after a very positive result against Brighton. Thank you.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.